like, nope, I take my boat out on the water and I eat bagels for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> Thank God. Sean, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, Chris, are, are, are you recording already? Yeah, we're going. Uh, oh, oh, uh, I let's, yeah, let's get started then. Yeah. Welcome to the Flipside Podcast. Today, we are talking about caution leading to injury. So generally, you'd assume that caution is a good thing and that you should be cautious when doing tricks or doing any sport in general. Um, but what I'm finding is that the more cautious you are, generally, the more injury you get. Um, my The reason that I'm bringing this up, the reason it's relevant to me now, is because I just started tricking again. What is so fucking funny, Sean? Oh, <laughs> uh, people are trying to enter the room behind me, which... Wait, what? Oh, I thought you meant into our Zoom room. I was like, no. I was like, someone's trying to get into our chat. <laughs> no. That would have been crazy. Okay, anyway, so... <laughs> um, yeah, the reason that this is relevant to me now is because I just started tricking again. I kind of took like a four-month break because I tore my hip abductor and I was trying to get back into tricking, but it was just too early and I decided to just... Pull back, getting back into jiu-jitsu was my first um, priority because that's kind of leading up. It's literally ridiculous how hard tricking is compared to everything else. I, like yeah. the more that I am expanding my reach in sports, the more I'm realizing how much it requires. It is oh, yeah. ridiculous how different it is. So mm -hmm. working your way up is very important. So my first priority was getting back into jiu-jitsu once I could do that. And it was uh, starting to do light acrobatics and now i can do that well anyway so i'm at defy the trampoline park and i'm doing tricks and i my biggest worry is uh planting my left leg aggressively and pushing off so essentially yeah. doing a g switch where i have to control that landing and jump off of it again um, on trampoline it was completely fine but then the other thing is gms's so i'll do a gms so i'll raise my left knee which is the injured knee and then i will swipe my right leg and then my left leg will come down the reason that that's dangerous is because it comes down sideways, which is the direction of my hip abductor. Yep. Um, and then also because I have to raise my knee up, which also activates my hip abductor. Um, so doing that, if I'm cautious, what ends up happening is I don't put my foot down. So I'll do a GMS and I'll land in a hyper and then my left leg won't come down. But the problem is that actually activates my hip flexor more because it's keeping my leg up. Yep. And that's more shock than just letting it down. Yeah, that's true. And, but that's me being cautious. And the more cautious I am, the more I'm just kind of doing the wrong thing with my hips, holding my leg in the incorrect positions instead of letting the move flow through itself. I'm retaining so much excess energy in an attempt to protect my leg. And in retrospect, it's actually causing it more stress. Yeah. It worked out fine. But I was thinking that's probably why it was so difficult to get back into it. That's probably why I needed such a long break because – the caution is required. I can't just start jumping into stuff. But at the same time, you know, you have to get away from those bad habits because it's going to take more stress than it's need than it needs. So getting rid of that as soon as possible is the best for it, is what I'm finding. No, that's true. And I, I always tend to err on the side of caution, working your way back into things. And I, I stress that with my kids a lot where it's just like, no, you don't want to rush into things because if you're just coming back from an injury, like you're – way too likely to re-injure it very quickly if you push too quick too like hard or too hard too quick 
and it's hard not to want to because like when you've taken a long break you're just like all right i'm gonna go gung-ho and i'm just gonna throw like the hard skills that i was doing before i got hurt and it's like and you feel so good you took such a long break too i know and then you do it the first time and you're like oh everything feels fine and then probably like five reps later of the doing the same thing everything feels fine you're like ooh, that doesn't feel good and you're like yeah that's why i told you not to rush into it but right okay so hopefully we don't need to take more time off and then they get hurt and you're like okay like that's 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 what happened to me because right away it was maybe like two weeks out i was like wow i feel great and i started doing regular tricks again and then i did two strong sessions and after that it just plummeted and I was like, oh, oh yeah. well, there it goes. I, but I did two sessions and they were both my, they were almost stronger because I had taken like two week break. So I was like, oh, wow, I feel even better. But that's the rest yeah. of my body talking, not that one. Yeah, that's, that's everything else. <laughs> yeah, the, everything else was like, holy shit, we're so strong. <laughs> that one spot was like, okay, I'll try to keep up. Oh yeah. Couldn't do well- it. Hey, if you enjoy our content and you want to show some support, make sure you follow us on Spotify and Instagram. Our Instagram tag is the underscore flip underscore side underscore podcast. Make sure to go on there. Just shout out like old episodes that you liked, anything about the new episodes. You can comment on any of them. We would really appreciate it. And if you do end up wanting to go a step further, just become a supporter. All you have to do is follow the link in the description in any of our episodes that we've published. And you can also go under the about section in our Spotify homepage. You can do as little as 99 cents a month. Any amount that you guys support us is going to help us build a better podcast and help build better trickers around the world. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's also erring on the side of being too cautious when even like throwing tricks. So yeah. like I've had that happen quite a bit with kids and I've actually, I've done this myself. I'm not going to lie. Um, where you don't quite feel comfortable going for it and you just kind of, you change things inherently in the skill that mechanically make the skill happen and you change them in the wrong way to then cause issues that you don't want to happen. This is a really, really cool point of view. So talk about the way that you should cautiously approach a trick and how you should probably train, sorry, how you should probably, I'm sorry, (laughs) you should (laughs) should properly change a trick so that you can uh, eventually throw it with full oomph. Yeah, so one thing that I always do is going on to softer surfaces. That's why I am such a big proprietor of going on to soft surfaces most of the time. And then like training it to the point where like, you know, you can just do it and you can do it on a hard surface. It's just most of the time saving your joints, saving hard potential hard landings some of the time. Like that's a big way that I like to train for gymnastics because that's the way my coach did things for floors like Yes, we still did things on the hard floor. Like, yes, we still like landed, but a majority of the time we were landing on resi pits with mats over it. So it's still like a hard landing. Yeah. But it's software. So, like, it squishes. If you crash, it's not really going to be that big. Gives you a lot of ease of mind, too. Yeah. And it it takes away that fear in your head. Cause, like, oh, if I crash, like, this is going to suck. And that one small thought can sometimes like change things the way you're doing it in your head. Yeah just enough where you're gonna crash because you're thinking about it too much and like you're gonna make it happen on accident because like okay if i'm doing triple back and like i don't want to crash and like that's the only thing i'm thinking about and i go to pull and my timing is often like i don't pull quite soon enough for the triple back or like quite tight enough and i like under rotate it and i just like land it and eat it like that's gonna freak me out more than just yeah. 
going at it with confidence and you're like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do the skill. Like I've trained for it. Like everything's fine. And you just do it. Like, and then if you crash, you can take a, a learning experience from it instead of just a negative reaction of, oh, I can't do this. Cause like, that's not how that actually works. And I've had kids and I've done this myself with like certain things, like I've said, but training certain skills for like, especially giants, like is a one big way that I think is a way that you can trick you can accidentally change things the wrong way really easily and same as back handsprings um but to go into particular with giants once you do the initial part of the tap swing you pretty much just let it ride up to the handstand like you don't really need to force anything too much it's just kind of like letting the energy carry you over and if you if you go to like bend your knees or you go to arch really big or you close your shoulders you out of caution yeah, you're, yeah. you're trying to be cautious because, like, your first thought while doing them, and, like, I have the same thoughts. Like, it's really embarrassing, but, like, I cried the first time at the Giants because, like, I was freaked the hell out. And it's I, scary, I was, over, I was over a pit bar getting spotted, and I was still, like, freaking out. Like, I remember. Like, it was fine. Dude, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, a flyaway makes sense because you're releasing from the bar. But to, like, hold on and be pulled back upside down and backwards, it feels pretty weird. And your first initial instinct is like get into a small ball because that's safe yeah it is you do those things or like you try to slow it down too much like you don't make it and which like pushing way off the bar is not that inherently scary and it's not that hard but like when you crash on the bar once yeah it is Dude, real i free. really want to learn giants but that is my biggest fear is i'm going to be in like a big fat handstand and then i'm going to come down and just shins to the bar or something yeah, it, or i'm going to do the hips and my Nuts gonna get caught. Ah! <laughs> it doesn't feel good. I will tell you now. I will clue you in. It it really hurts. But you know that's why I'm saying like going with that ca- too cautious of a mindset of like, especially if you're being coached, like if you have a coach. Like I know tricking really doesn't have coaches, but but we if, are our coaches. And that's the yeah. purpose of the podcast, so we can help you guys be coaches, right? Yes. Yeah. And like if if a coach has confidence in you, or like someone has confidence of like if you have your friend at the at the gathering or at a session where they're just like, yeah, you could definitely do that. And like, you, you really just need to full send it and like trust yourself to go for it. More often than not, people can see things different. Like people will be able to tell if you can or not. Definitely. That third person point of view is actually huge. It is because you can't see what you're doing inherently. That's why we like to take video. That's why we like to go over video because like it makes it easier because then you can actually see what you're doing when you're feeling it. Right. Well, just today, because I was making that video for the Jeff and my comparison for one of the episodes that we have coming up, um, I was looking at all my old samplers and, and because I'm injured, I have like a really skewed idea in my head of like what tricking like, you know, like I, I know what it feels like to get shot out of the barrel. I remember what it feels like to hit a triple core. I remember all these things. But the thing I didn't remember, which I do now, but even now it still feels kind of foreign, is the idea of doing like cheat nine, cheat nine, pop three, vanish, side swipe, aerial, master scoot. Just the prep of the, like those string of movements. There's a way you can do it where you're kind of in place, but there's also a way you can do it where you're moving like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and I was watching my samplers, so I was like, holy crap, I'm moving so fast and I'm being so explosive. And it's just very different than how we've been moving for the last four months doing jujitsu and Muay Thai instead of tricking. And I'm like, that is just so different. It it just blew my mind. And so yeah, 
I, it's just crazy to me. So like that third person point of view is tells you like, it, like that's basically what I was able to give myself because now I'm not in my skin, you know, because I haven't been tricking. Like that's, I'm, I'm not the same person right now. And so like, I'm watching it and I'm like, holy crap. He's capable of some shit, <laughs> but like now I just need to get that back. Well, I actually just tricked before this podcast too on hard floor. And I was, I did cheat nine, cheat nine. And I was like, ah, there it is. Like I could feel <laughs> some of that like in there still. And I was like, okay, I just had forgotten what it feels like to really transfer that energy and get that like rebound, you know? Yeah. Cause people are normally really cautious about doing explosive movement because like there's so much inherent risk. Yeah, with very explosive movement, like I well, did. we talk about techniques so much, you know. So and it's like, crazy. oh yeah, you can also be really strong. <laughs> yeah, you can just be really dummy thick, and like you can, <laughs> like I still remember, and I tell kids that when I'm teaching back tucks too, like it just doesn't make sense. And I think we've talked about it, but I don't know if it was on the podcast. There's this guy on TikTok. I don't know who he was. He was this bodybuilder, doesn't do acrobatics, didn't do anything. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, trying to struck, like, trying to work on standing back tucks. And he's like, and he just posted, he's like, any tips? And this back tuck's, like, above his head. And, like, right. you know, like, he's never done it. Like, he he hasn't really trained to do it. It's just he flies off the floor because he's just, like, obscenely freaking strong. And you're yeah. just like, okay, like, I guess you can kind of fudge things when you're it, just, like. When dude. bodybuilders do backflips. For whatever reason, it looks like when normal trickers do backflips with like weights in their hands, like if they're holding two 10 pound weights and they do a backflip or they're holding like a barbell and they do a backflip, that's what it looks like. I don't know it's, why it looks different, but it, it's crazy. It's nuts. But like, they, they're also not going at it with the, they're going out with the side of caution of like, okay, well, if I make a ball shape and I jump as hard as I can, like that's the cautious, like I'm going to jump as hard as humanly possible and just like hope that I flip because if I flip, I'll be fine. If I don't flip, I'm going to die. Yeah. Right. Like, that's, makes sense. that's the cautious, but it's like, also it's not efficient, you know, and it's not physically like healthy or safe to do it that way. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. Also uh, you're frozen, Sean. Hold on one moment. Um, but I do want to circle back around to that previous point um, about you talking about using your back, your back, by the way. Um, I wanted to circle back to that previous point of you saying like training it into the foam pit and training yeah. it into soft services. So you're yeah. not necessarily changing the trick out of caution. You're changing no. the environment out of caution yeah. so that you can try to do the trick the correct way through trial and error instead of changing it. That is a really good way to do it. Um, the way I, that I do it and I think most trickers do it is they will actively try to change something. And this is the way I think that should also be used to learn how to progress is like you actively change something so that you can learn when so it's so for example like say you're doing a cork d leg and you do the d leg to replace a twist so that d leg is like nice and slow you like look yeah. around a little bit and then you're like okay so now i'm going to do a cork d leg twist but I can't double full. So you do a cork D leg and then you try to turn around and you go, okay, now I know. Now you just take the D leg away. You do a big full, you don't hit that position. You might hit it with your knees instead of a pike. Um, but then you just do that. Then you figure out your double full. So that is a way to change it and be cautious, but don't be yeah. cautious in the sense of like doing a full with open arms kind of like, and or like sending a double full, but be cautious like this, like, I'm going to catch myself or like cautious, yeah, like once you feel looking around frantically where you're comfortable with all of a sudden, like, yeah, stop. like that's so, not cautious. That's yeah. Just so caution 
should be intentional. There should be an action behind the caution. You should be, so like a variation is action behind the caution. I really like to do a uh, cart full D leg punch backside 12, but I don't do cart full punch backside 12 because the D leg is actually active caution. It looks yeah. cooler, first of all, but in reality, it forces me to stand up vertically. So it protects my ankles. It protects my low back because after I pike, I can straighten up my body. And it, yeah. So it's, it's, and it also, it gives me a major spot point because I don't want to do a back full. I don't want to do a cart full and then be like spotting the ground and saying, okay, now straighten up, find your spot. I'd rather do yeah. a D leg, which a D leg is, you can think of it like a 540 kick. And I'm yep. like, now I'm spotting the same direction that I'm going to kick in my backside 12, which means that from that position, now it's only a full turn or like a half, like, you know, it's a full turn when you're coming yep. from upside down. So it's a full turn, you're upside down. And then now, you know, the direction. So there's a, it's a lot easier to fix it sooner than it is later. So the delay is really cautionary more than it is stylistic. And that's what I'm talking about. So if you're going to change something out of caution, then you got to do it actively. Don't be cautious in the sense of like, I need to be ready to fall. <laughs> and no. something else that I train a lot is uh, I, I landed a lot of new tricks this way. I would practice aerial because when you land a trick incomplete, you will fall and you will do an aerial out of your setup. Yep. And so we used to always say like, like, oh, dude, that's my best aerial setup. Triple cork's my best aerial setup because when you land a triple cork and you're falling, you aerial out of it, right? Uh, and so what I, I would, I would do it on purpose. I would do like a cork and I would make it really shitty. And then I would aerial out of it. And I would practice like just doing aerials. And this is actually super important for me too, because I had had that right ankle injury. So aerial lands on my right ankle. So I, yeah. what would happen is I would like land a triple cork and then I would go to aerial out of it. And then my body would just be like, nope, you're not. And so I'd put my hands on my foot. Yeah. So I would put my hands on and send my foot. And so I needed to warm up that aerial to be like, if you land in this position, that's what you do. But it sounds like bad caution, but it's actually good caution because I trained it. It's active caution. It's like I am making an active change and I have a prepared plan. Yes. Caution without a plan, that's what dangerous is. Yeah. Like, so I've seen that where there's times where caution kind of, there are times where bailing, which is technically kind of being cautious. Yes, is that's what I hate. Wanting to do things. Like when you get lost in the air, like an old balls moment is what we tend to call it. <laughs> We've had some old balls moments and it's, you just kind of have to run with it. And you just kind of have to go with what you've trained yourself of like, if I'm falling like this, what do I do? Right. Like when I the double full ball out and ran it out of my stomach and scorpion. Cause I was just like, I don't think I can continue to flip because I'm too low. And I was like, I don't have enough rotation. I was like, well, I should be fine. Nope. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like it's really interesting how you're in those positions as you train. You're I'm upside down and I go, I can do this or this, and then you just pick one. You don't have time to think it there, there is no time. But to it's think. way worse to not pick one. I promise. Yep. When you're just flipping like this, yeah. just like praying and hoping that you don't die. Yeah, right. That, it's like, so bad yeah. because what happens is you turn into a noodle and then you usually last minute, like extend your arm to catch yourself. And then your legs are open and then they clash into each other. And then your neck is somewhat like, it's like getting in a car accident. You need to be like, so somewhat prepared and controlled. Yeah. And like, that's where, so that's why I, I like to use a cautious environment. Like yes. the way they describe it. So like, that's why I like to use resis and foam pits and like mats. Cause like, if you end up crashing or you're wanting to change part of skill. So like the way that I like to teach front halves or like twisting in general is to teach really, really late first 
and then make it earlier because it, it feels less weird at first because like I, I do the exact same thing yeah yes and there's ways that i teach it to be more on time once they start under grasping the idea of twisting like i'll do handstand and they just fall and twist and like they start to understand that and i'm like okay well now we've worked the back half so you kind of understand how the pole feels now we take those two things and we kind of put them together but that's being cautious in a in a different way and that's like making those small changes like when you're working d leg twist like even if you just do like d leg so like the way that i did um that i was being really cautious when i did b twist the first couple times because like i was like okay i don't 100 understand the skill i think i understand it and like i don't want to hurt my knee it's like okay what can i do i was like well i will have a soft mat so i should be fine if i crash because so i'm not going to go over my head i'm going over my side so it's a little bit different so I just let it go over to my back and let it roll. And I was like, okay, well, worst case scenario, I kind of know where I'm at like this. So if I feel like I get lost, I know if I turtle and I just kind of like take it to the side, it, I'll be fine. And I did that a couple of times just to like feel what it felt like to crash. And I was like, okay, like if I did that on the floor, it probably wouldn't be too bad, but yeah. I don't wanna. <laughs> and then I made a change of just like going after a little bit harder, going after a little bit harder, going after a little bit harder, letting my hand touch. I'm like, okay, now I'm just going to pull my hand up and like, more aggressive spin step and like full send and it was like okay you talk about it like it took you more than three times <laughs> I know, <laughs> but i know the thought process that you go through you're like so analytical and you're you know breaking yeah, i'm like off. okay well if i do this then if i do that i'm like right. okay you really did a hundred tries like just most of them were in your head <laughs> it's great it's real it's real life though that actually happens but um yeah the other thing that you're talking about is like if you do create that cautious, cautious environment, then you can essentially do variations of the trick that you, cause you have like a, a, a pre existing idea of how a trick feels and looks yes. and the way you activate your muscles to do it. Uh, for example, I was teaching this kid how to do a B twist the other day and he could cork, but he couldn't B twist. And so what kept happening is every time he would do a B twist, he would engage the front of his leg to activate his twist instead of his butt cheek. He would be swinging his leg like a cork, but he'd be taking off like a B twist. And so what was happening is he was basically just vert spinning. Yep. Yes, it, that's right. what it's called. Yes, because he's, he's, he's pulling his knee in. And yeah. when you B twist, you should not chamber your flagella leg, that leg that backswings. Yep. You should be chambering your other leg because you should, imagine you're doing a B twist round. That first leg that comes through, the one you land on, that's the yeah. chambered one. And then the second one is your kick. He was chambering the other way around, which was forcing him to vert spin. And that's because of cork. Because in a cork, you initially swing that right leg. Yeah, because like a, a lefty would swing the right leg up. So he was actually swinging up the wrong way instead of just lifting through. Exactly. Because that backswing creates that axis. And he was creating the axis yeah. by lifting it in front. So that was fucking everything up. So uh, what I told him is I was like, okay, you need to variate the B twist. So I taught him how to do pop 360. And I taught him how to do like, just like a cheat 360, started working on like raise. And then from there, I was like, okay, so now when you take off, just think of it like turning around and throwing that kick out. Because if you throw a left leg kick out, the same leg that you're landing on, then that is, that's the driving force of your B twist. In a cork, the driving force is that right leg swing initially. That's what yeah, creates the barrel. Here it's opposite. So I'm trying to teach him how to activate that. So by doing the variation, then he eventually got it down because he realized that it was he, his hips were engaged wrong. But he had this pre-existing idea of how it was supposed to feel and how he was supposed to set this trick. Um, and then muscle memory is obviously playing into it too. But by doing the variation, um, he wasn't gonna do the variation to land the variation. He was doing the variation 
but in a safe environment to teach himself to be like, okay, if I do it like this, how does it feel? If I do it like this, how does it feel? And then yep. as you put in like 50% to like some sort of variation of how you assume that the trick is done, then you'd be like, oh, now I'm going to give hundred percent into this variation and then it will work out. And then it eventually does. Yeah. Because you were teaching his body to remember different things for the skill because his body was taught, okay, well, if I'm going to go twist because I do court, yeah. this is how that works. Like this is mechanically how twisting works. And it's like, well, not exactly. Yes. <laughs> There's been one way. And, you're <laughs> <gonna learn. laughs> and that's really hard and tricky. That feels like a really difficult way to do it because he didn't have many other um, twisting tricks to pull from, which is why yeah. I immediately was like, okay, you need to learn pop 360, illusion kick, B kick, and then like butterfly knife. Because once you get the, those variations and a little bit more twisting in your arsenal, you're like, oh, this is like this, and this is like this. Instead of being like, this is my only tr twisting trick that I know. So of course it's going to be similar. You don't want it to be similar. They're opposites. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And like, that's why in gymnastics, there's so many like quote unquote progressions for things. And like, it's usually like pretty mapped out. Cause like, if you work on this, at least this, 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 this. Right. Uh, but like, there's sometimes where you get those weird skills that aren't, technically kind of like that so like if you're looking at a let's say bring it i bet i can i bet i can make it okay we played this game before yes we have uh, <laughs> if you did a kazamatsu which is a, essentially a sukul but it's not a sukul it's technically a cartwheel quarter turn forward front half out like that that's how that skill works cartwheel quarter turn forward yeah and, and then you front go half out. So it's like a front handspring front flip, but starting in a car position. Yes. Okay. I tried so, to do that on the floor. That's not a good idea. <laughs> it, it, it's not. No, but like out of, into a roll. Not yeah, I get what you mean. So like, <laughs> and that's one thing. Like, you think about that and you break it down. You're like, okay, so how would I go about this skill? Like, working on, like, if I'm going to do drills for it, like working on the ground. Cause like, that's, a little bit complicated so like the first thing that like we would do is like, i'd be like okay can you do a side to side cartwheel like most gymnasts should be able to do a side to side cartwheel like straight over their head in a straight line mm, like, yes you know, i forgot that's hard for you guys because you guys will go you guys will start forward and end backwards but that's, that's hard for us so yeah yeah <laughs> so then you learn off that side cartwheel once you start to push you actually quarter turn forward and step forward which is really weird for a lot of people because it's you're you're twisting the way that you're supposed to but it doesn't feel like it because you're doing that forward and we've gotten into this argument before of like forward twisting and why it feels the opposite even though it's not and it's i so never had that problem so i can't relate to it at all i don't understand everybody has that issue because well a lot of people they do like they're like well round off is your correct twisting side if you're front tumbling i'm like it's not it's actually not like i'm sorry but it's not it's actually your opposite side, but that's fine. We'll just I will it. never believe this. <laughs> not today. Not today. I know. We, we could have an episode where you try to explain it to me, and then I will do car wheels in my apartment, and we will try to figure it's, it out. So, okay. But anyway, so going over that, they're like, okay, well, then you understand that part, and you're like, okay, now do a forward roll. Like, okay. So you do that, and you're like, okay, now through half of the forward roll, just kind of like kick out and land on yourself. Like, you just do it on a mat so it doesn't hurt, and you're and you're just like, that's doing the skill. Like it's, oh, yeah, doing it to your stomach is a really good way. plan. Yeah, right. so it's not a cautious way. The way like, see, the way I would have taught that is, so like cart Arabian would be a really good prereq. So like 
essentially the same thing that you're doing yeah. with the forward roll, but also to the stomach is good. And then also a, a back half in front out on trampoline. That's the same oh, movement yeah. as well. Yeah, like yeah. for the, the way you open up and turn. Um, and then you can even do it like a side flip. So you can do like side flip in front out. Um, that way it's yeah. more of a quarter turn. So it relates to the trick. And that's the thing we did. My coach had ways of teaching skills that like helped out, especially on trampoline. We used to call it back quarter, quarter stomach. Even though it wasn't back quarter, quarter stomach, it's literally just back half to your stomach. But the way that I, we- Yeah, but I see what you're saying though, those spot points. Yeah, it's learning those spot points because when you do the Kazumatsu, it is literally those spot points because you're coming off the round off in that quarter position. So you know where to spot and then spot forward. So that all you do is like, okay, well, if I dump this over, that's a front tuck. And then you're like, okay, well, if during halfway through the front tuck, you just kind of like kick out and turn. Yeah. That's the skill. Like it's, yeah. it's that quick and people think it's super complicated or even doing uh, like a pack full. I don't know the actual technical name for it. I, I don't teach those, but looking that's at on the this, parallel bars, right? No, that's oh. uh, uneven bars. Shoot. But so looking at how I would break it down in my head. I'm like, okay, well they, they need to be able to do a layout flyer. Like that's a pretty easy prerequisite. That's not really an issue. Like, okay. Then they learn the pack salto, which is the back flip between the bars, catch the low bar, and swing through. Okay, mm, well, okay. They can't do that you wouldn't be teaching them a pack full anyway, so <laughs> they need that. Like, so other ways of thinking of things is like, okay, well, what? For are what other is pack full? You do you do swing three sixty so and the then bars, land in a handstand three sixty and catch the low bar and then oh, swing okay. or a toe on or some other stuff. But badass, it's crazy to watch because like it's really ridiculously hard, but like. It looks so fluid. I never, I don't, you never understand the difficulty until you're there and you're like, oh. <laughs> and so like breaking it down in my head, I'm like, okay, well, what are things that I can do for them to start understanding that? And like one guy that did a symposium, he's like, literally just hold them up in their hollow shape, like holding onto a bar. And like, this is for teaching the pack salto originally. And he's just like, make them bend down, holding the bar, looking like where they need to be looking at and just kind of like, have them like go over the bar and let go and have them just like stay stiff to be able to learn to catch and like learn how that feels. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, if you do back extension full and you can catch correctly and being on one hand, you kind of get that same feeling of letting it come up, spin and catch. Cause like that was one way. Plus it gives you like an antenna for which way gravity's pulling. So then you know, which like you're twisting. And how hard you need to be when you're twisting. Yeah. Because even doing you, like, you don't think that they should just let go and then like send it? No, that is oh my god, there it is. dude. You'd be like, okay, and then twist. So many people would be like, 720 to my head <laughs> on the bar, <laughs> bounces off the bar. God, uh, yeah. and like that's the thing where we also used to teach uh quast, which is this giant hot full. Oh, like, that's super cool. Yeah, back extension full turn. It's the same, it is literally the same skill. One's just on the ground and you don't quite hop as and you don't really like hop, you just do the turn. But it's the same movement. Like the tap creates a little bit of the lift off the bar to hop, but a back extension full turn is that skill. So like you can be working on it in a cautious way of like, okay, how can I do it broken down to a point where I know I'm not gonna get hurt because it's such it's quote unquote the easy version. And then like progress my way up until doing the hard version and like taking the time and not just being like, okay, well, I want to try this. And I'm just going to huck it. Like there's times and places for that. There are, 
yeah. there's also cautious ways to approach it. Like if you are that person, like I don't want to potentially get hurt throwing the skill. I don't want to get scared of the skill. So I want to approach it from a different way. Like if that's your style, which like, that's kind of my style. Yeah. That should be everyone's styles, to be honest. Like just knowing the toolbox, like just simply the, the way that I kind of took that is like, if you can do a tornado kick and then how do you transform a tornado kick into a cheat nine? Then how do you take a cheat nine and make it like a backside 12? And then how do you make a backside 12 or from a cheat nine to a cheat 12, like, or even a cheat 10 from a cheat seven? Like what steps did you, what makes your cheat seven look so good? Oh, is it the pump over before you throw your hook? And why aren't you doing that in your cheat 10? You know, yeah. so many people do that where they're like, oh, but my cheat 10, I keep my feet together. And then my lean makes my kick come out. I'm like, yeah, well, that looks like crap. And you're guessing, you know, like, yeah, you're not actually knowing where you're at. You're just, and you're, of- you're never going to be able to turn that cheat 10 into a cheat 12 with no. that technique. So there, yeah, I taking the proper steps and then variating it correctly. You know, you can, the caution comes with steps. The caution does not come with guesswork. <laughs> that's pretty much you know the the whole oh. that's the gist because like yeah, that's the gist when, you, when you just throw in guesswork here it's a recipe for issues and disaster like please don't do that right <laughs> uh well i don't have anything else to add do you have no anything? i think that was uh nice and compact to the point covered everything i wanted to say so perfect well Sweet. see you guys next time don't be cautious don't forget to follow us on the underscore flip underscore side underscore podcast on Instagram. And C-H-R-I-S-P-Y underscore T-R-I-X. That's Crispy Tricks on Instagram. And I also have another YouTube channel, Tricks Fix, T-R-I-X space F-I-X for more tutorials and other things. And we'll see you guys next time.